David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Ellie, we got another great show today. A couple of the newest inductees into the Pro Football Hall of Fame are going to be enshrined in uh, early August. August 2nd, I believe, in Canton, Ohio. We usually get them after they're already in the hall, but you're on the ball. When you interview 106 Pro Football Hall of Famers, you get first dibs on them. Well, that's, that's nice, with more to come. We've got one of the newest uh, ones. He only had to wait one year in Derek Brooks, and a gentleman had to wait over 20 years in Claude Humphrey. Yeah, I, I look and I see Derek Brooks is 40 years old. I see Claude Humphrey will be 70 by the time he gets inducted. But I, I'm sure they're both equally thrilled to be in the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it's more special when you got to wait because then you just figure, you know, this is really an honor. When you get in the first uh, year, you probably figure, you know what, I deserve it. But after 20 years, you figure, you know what, it was worth the wait. Definitely. Elliot, let's get right to an interview I taped with former Atlanta Falcon great and Philadelphia Eagle, Claude Humphrey. I see that you went to Tennessee State for uh, college. How did you end up choosing that school? How to go about choosing it? Yes. Um, well, I visited quite a few schools uh, in my attempt to go to college, and, uh, you know, it just narrowed down. It narrowed down to Tennessee State and a little school up in Kentucky called Murray, and uh, well, so I, I chose Tennessee State. It, it, Tennessee State would appear to be the best deal for me, you know, it, Everybody having things that they like. I like Tennessee State, so you know I visited Grambling and and uh, Texas Southern and a few other schools, and you know in the Southwest, uh, Jackson State because it was close to my hometown. Being close was a, really a factor for me in choosing a university. It seemed like back at that time, Eddie Robinson got all the great players down there in the South. <clears throat> Well, he he almost had me had he not brought me in. If he he brought me in to visit there, and uh, shoot, it wasn't nothing to do with Grandma. <laughs> I'm not that being from Memphis made me a real city person, but I wasn't quite as country as uh, you, you needed to be to be able to live in Grandma. It was Grandma's small place, and uh, shoot, you had to go so far to. to to do anything other than, you know, the activities on the campus and, and stuff. So, uh, uh, Grambling County, if he hadn't, if he had not done that, he may have had a chance, a better chance to get me. It actually worked out well for you though at Tennessee State. It did. It did. It was the best decision that I could have ever made. Who was your coach at my education? Who was your coach at Tennessee State? My coach at Tennessee State was John Merritt and Joe Gilliam, Alvin Coleman, J.C. Coffey, Coach Little, 
We 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 had about uh, Whitman. We had we had a few coaches in there. Joe Gillum, he wasn't too shabby of a player back in his time. <laughs> you know what? I really didn't realize how how great a player he is. But you know, he was such a great athlete. He was really a great athlete, and uh, I learned that by taking uh, stunts and tumbling from him. And uh, shoot, he could do stuff that some of us seventeen, eighteen year olds couldn't do. <laughs> he was he was a great athlete. Did you play any big games in college against any of the bigger universities? We played uh, San Diego State my senior year, and uh, of course they beat us. But uh, it was we we beat them physically. We we beat them down. Uh, they they scored. I think they scored on a punt return and and uh, something else. But uh, been so long ago. But uh, we 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 played San Diego State my senior year, and and uh, they were one of four losses that I had in my four years at Tennessee State. Did you have second thoughts about not going to Grambling? Because, I mean, Grambling was a pipeline to the NFL back then. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't informed of that uh, little trivia. But, of course, at that time, I really wasn't even considering the NFL. I, I didn't have – I had no interest in, 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 in playing professional football I was just there to try to get an education and and uh, you know just play football. So I did. I, I didn't really didn't did that would would not have been a factor because I didn't know it. Were they were the big schools recruiting the black athletes in the mid '60s, or was it still kind of like unless you were going to one of the northern schools, the southern schools shied away from the black athletes. The southern schools shied away from the black athletes. Uh, I had one school to tell me they would enroll me, but uh, a couple teams in their conference probably wouldn't play, wouldn't allow me to play against them. So <clears throat> I was told that. So I just, uh, you know, it, going to the, 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 you know, bigger Southern schools was eliminated at that point. What school was that? Or you don't want to say? I, I can't tell you. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I would not even want to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you started tradition though at Tennessee State. A great defensive lineman going to the NFL. After you, there was Two Tall Jones and then Richard Dent. Yeah, and and, and a few others. Don't forget Turkey Joe Joe Jones who played for Cleveland, and uh, yeah, there were quite a few guys. Defensive lineman that uh, Tommy Davis. It was a few guys that out of Tennessee State after I was drafted that went up there and 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 stayed a while and played well in the NFL. How surprised were you that you got drafted uh, third overall by the Falcons? Wasn't really surprised at all. They, uh, I, I kind of. I kind of knew. I kind of knew. My my John Merritt was my coach and agent, and uh, he was pretty well informed. He kept himself 
the one thing about him, he knew what was going on. And uh, he, I, I, I kind of knew that uh, maybe a month before the draft, I knew that uh, the Falcons, if if they had a chance, were going to take me. And they were, and the Falcons were drafted uh, second, but third overall because at that year Minnesota had a a, a bonus pick. So, uh, you know, it, uh, the first. Cincinnati had the first pick. They picked Bob, uh, uh, center from uh, Tennessee, and then Minnesota picked Ron Yer, and then it was the Falcons' choice. They picked me. They picked me. What was your first training camp like? Oh, a killer! <laughs> you don't really want to know. It was a killer. It was, it was a rude awakening. To football now at Tennessee State we practice we and we practice really hard and we practice three times a day and and uh, all that stuff we had two regular practices a special team practice so we were practicing three times a day and you know I guess because I was so relaxed practicing at Tennessee State you know it, it went along pretty good but man, when I got to the Falcons up there in Johnson City, Tennessee, it was so hot. I tell you what, it, it was it was ridiculous. And then we had to. They made no allowances for it. We just went. We they, we could have practiced earlier in the morning, uh, later in the afternoon. But shoot, we went out there in the hot part of practice, and we beat each other down. We beat each other down. It, it was it was tough. It was tough. It was nothing like college. Even though we in college we practiced three times a day, we were only practicing two times a day at uh, in Johnson City. But I tell you what, Johnson City was hot. And then you went through a coaching change your rookie year. I mean, you had a new coach what two three games into the season. <laughs> we had. You know what's funny about that? I had had uh, Norm Van Brocklin in the college all-star game and uh, you know he he was tough but he you know he seemed like a nice guy you know you, the coaches have to be disciplinary and so he he was pretty he discipline was pretty good at the college all-star game but uh three games into the season they brought they fired norm hecker and brought Norm Van Brocklin in there, and wow, what a difference in Norms. <laughs> Norm, Norm Van Brocklin was off the chain. He worked us like crazy. And not only did he work us physically, but he worked us mentally, too. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. You had some great players on that uh, roster in the Chicago All-Star game in 68. Yeah, we did. We did. We had some guys that that really lasted in the NFL for long periods of time and played well. And, uh, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of them. You had a lot of Hall of Famers. I mean, there was you, Zonka, Curly Culp, I think Charlie Sanders. Yeah. Uh, Ron Yari. Yeah. We had, we had, it was, it was, it was nice. 
It was nice. We had some great players. But then you had to go against those, that Packers team, though, which had to be tough. <laughs> Forrest Greg. <laughs> Is that who you lined up Forrest, against? Yeah. I was up against a great Forrest Greg. Uh, Forrest gave me a lesson in how to play in the NFL. I thought I, I thought I was ready. I was up there, uh, playing, working against Ron Yeri and, and, uh, uh, John Williams and those guys and, and, uh, I thought I was pretty good. But I found out that I had a lot to learn and in a short time to learn it in. And Forrest Gray, Gray gave me a lesson in how to be kept away from the quarterback. <laughs> you went against a lot of great uh, tackles. Was he the toughest one you went against? Uh, who? Forrest? Forrest. Well, you know, I called Forrest at the end of his professional career. So uh, I can't quite rate him up there with uh, some guys like uh, Bob Brown and, and – uh, of course, Ronier, he he finally got himself together, and uh, Rayfield Wright, uh, uh, some of those guys were just great football players, and so it, it'd be tough. The time that I faced him, even though I know um, Forrest Gregg's greatness, I didn't get a chance to experience it because he was. He was right at the end of his career. And, uh, you know, some things were just probably wasn't as sharp as they, they may have been, you know, earlier in his younger days, because I understand he was a terror. But, uh, when I, when I ca caught him, uh, I caught him right at the end of his career. Was it hard playing for a coach, Norm Van Brocklin, who was a Hall of Famer? Did he expect everyone to play as well as he did? Yeah. Yeah, he expected everybody to play as well as he did and better. And and he and it, it didn't take him long to tell you that. I mean, he got right down to it. No, he didn't beat him. Norm didn't beat around the bush. If it was something that needed to be said, he said it, and uh, he disregarded your feelings or anything like that. He, you are a professional, and and uh, you are going to be treated. That way, and uh, so he didn't have he he didn't have any guys that you know he 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 uh, treated different. Everybody got treated the same, which is really one of the good things about him. Uh, you know, he, he when he got on me, he got on everybody else the same way. So it did, you know, uh, that's one of the things that I respected most about him. He got on everybody the same, and uh, he was pretty tough on us. You didn't have that many winning seasons there back in the late 60s. You had, what, 12 wins, I think, in the 60s? That would be tough on you guys. <laughs> Don't remind me of the 60s. We got a little bit better at the 70s, but I tell you what, we started to get some, we started to get some good players. Uh, George Koontz, we got... Uh, 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 Barkowski, you know, we got, we began to get some good players, but, uh, prior to that, we weren't very good and teams knew it and they took advantage of it. 
Do you remember their first Monday Night Football game in 70? Do I remember? Yes. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember the first Monday night game. You, it was, was it a Howard Cosell game? <laughs> they all, I think, were Howard Cosell games, according to him. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Was there a game that was there a game that stood out with the Falcons as like your best game? You mean for the Monday night game? No, in your career with the Falcons, was there a game that stood out? Of course, of course. There, 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 there are a couple games that stood out for me. One was the Minnesota game, my rookie year, and then later on, around seventy-six or seventy-seventy-five, seventy-six, something like that. I didn't play in the seventy-five season, so it must have been. 76, maybe. The, a ramp, a, the game against the Rams was, I had an outstanding game. I can still, I can remember that one just like it yesterday. Of course, I can remember Minnesota ones too, but, uh, I had a couple games that, uh, just stuck out. Why didn't you play in the 75 season? I got my knee torn up. I got a, a lateral to lateral ligament a tear. And uh, it did sideline me for the for the whole season. The seventy, let's see, the seventy Monday Night Football game was November thirtieth against Miami. They won twenty to seven. <laughs> well, you you want me to tell you about the time that Larry Slumper ran over me? Is that what you? Did? You, could talk, what you, did? you could talk about that. That Dolphins offensive line was tough, though. I'm you at Langer, Kitchenberg, well, Larry Little. <clears throat> It, it 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 wasn't the the offensive line. It was that big running back sitting back there uh, that that uh, was tough on us. Zonka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I, I I remember the incident. I didn't remember exactly, you know, the game itself, but I do remember the incident when when Zonka just ran right up my chest. I wasn't. I didn't get ready for him. I wasn't ready for him. It, you know, where you normally get ready for a running back, and uh, he showed me that you got to be ready all the time. Never happened again. But uh, and 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 that was the Monday night game. I mean, he was like a sixth offensive lineman, Zonk. He was so big. Uh, he was. He was. He was, and he had a good, he had a good, he got that shoulder and, and used that form, and, uh, that was really abuse. <laughs> Having to tackle him. He was, he was a great running back. No, he, and he, he played great for a long time. And Mercury Morris would talk and tell you how good he was. <laughs> I'm, I'm for sure. <laughs> With the sacks, did you enjoy getting the sacks more or tackling the running backs more? Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed the whole game. It there was no part of it that I enjoyed more than other, more than other because at the time a sack was just a tackle. Nobody really nobody really counted sacks back then. You know, it was just a tackle. So, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed both. I enjoyed doing both. 
But I tell you what, the most fun was batting balls. Uh, I felt like that that was one of my strong suits. And uh, I got a chance to bat a whole lot of balls. I, I probably batted down more balls than some of the defensive backs for a season until they stopped throwing over there. They used to throw, try to throw a lot of quick outs on me my rookie year. And I got a chance to bat a lot of balls. Uh, my hurries, I, you know, I was real happy about, you know, the hurries that I got. And uh, it wasn't wasn't roughing the quarterback now so like it is now so you know we got a chance to tee off on the quarterback you know those things were good things that I remember do you remember your two safeties big part do you remember the two safeties you had uh well I had so many safeties <laughs> I had so many safeties back there which ones are you referring to it said you had two in your NFL career. Oh, I had two corners. The corners, the corners that, that that I was referring to, helped trying to help make their jobs a lot easier. Those, those, I was talking about corners, not safeties. Oh, okay. And then when you <laughs> went to the Eagles, was that a change for you, playing for Dick Vermeil? Uh, when I went to the Eagles, I played for Marion Campbell whom I played for uh, in Atlanta, and we became real good friends. And so when I went got to the Eagles, I was still playing for Marion Campbell. I was playing the same defense that I played in Atlanta. The only thing is the offense was better, so it made me play better because I, I, I wasn't getting beat up. I wasn't out on the field all the time. In Atlanta, we spent most of the time defensively out on the field because our offense didn't do very much. When I got to Philadelphia, the offense was very good. Wilbur Montgomery and Harold Carmichael and Ron Jaworski, and uh, they they were very good. Jerry Sizemore, they were they were a good team offensively, and uh, so they the time spent on the field. Wasn't as great, so you, when you come out the field, you wouldn't be as tired. And when you go back, you could play harder because, you know, the game had progressed so much. So I, I, I enjoyed playing with a good offensive team. Then you got to that Super Bowl, Super Bowl fifteen. That'd be a highlight. <clears throat> it had to be a highlight. I mean, you didn't win the game, but getting in the game at least. Well, it was it was kind of a low light for me because nothing seemed to go right for me for that game. I had uh, during the season, and we had played the Raiders and we had beat them, and uh, I had like three sacks or something in the game. And then when we got to the Super Bowl, I didn't get a chance to start, and I was standing over on the sideline getting angry about not getting in the game and. Then when I finally did get in there, I roughed the quarterback and uh, they threw a flag and the whole night. It just it was just a disaster for me. It did, you know, the Raiders beat us, and uh, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't a good week. It was not a good week. I'll tell you that. Everybody remembers you throwing that flag back at the referee. Was that just instinct, or were you really pissed at him? 
I was really pissed because he threw it at me. He threw instead of throwing it on the ground, he threw it at me, and uh, I, I, I got offended by him throwing it at me. So I, I guess he was pissed too. So he threw the flag right at me, and I picked it up and threw it. And, and you know, I really, I don't know <clears throat> if I had a chance to do it all over again, I wouldn't do it. But at the moment, it was just, it was the the way things were. It was the passion of the game and the way the game was going. And and uh, you know, it, it, uh, Plunkett had completed the pass to Ken King down the sideline. And, Ken King is still running, and yeah, <laughs> all that stuff in, rolled up in one. This this created a, a furnace inside of me, and then he threw the flag at me. That's just too much. Yeah, I mean, you had that quarterback Jim Plunkett. I think my grandmother is faster than Jim Plunkett was back at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you went into acting. You were on an episode of The Dukes of Hazard. I see. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that was the year. That was the uh, year I retired uh, for. The, well, I played four games in that season, then retired, and that was the year I retired. We did. I did the Duke Sizer. What was that like being on that show? Uh, it was a little different. I mean, like all things, it was a learning process for me. And uh, I didn't realize that actors went through what they go through. You know, people think it's easy, but it's not. It's really not easy. You got to really work at it. Did you get a chance to drive the General Lee at all? No. <laughs> no, didn't want to drive the General Lee. I had a, a Z28 Camaro, and uh, it was maybe, to me, was a little more hotter than than the uh, General Lee. So, uh, I, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't appeal to me to drive, drive it. I met Boss Hogg back when I was young, probably in the early 80s. He was such a nice guy, that Sherelle book. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. All those guys, all those guys were, were nice. I mean, they treated, they treated me very well. I don't know if it was because I was a football player and, uh, and I kind of dwarf those guys <laughs> or not, but uh, they treated me very well. And, and of course, the whole cast did, the directors and the and the, and the, uh, the workers and set guys and everybody. Every, everybody was very nice to me. And uh, I, I, it was an enjoyable experience, but uh, I, I knew that I was going to go back and play football, so I did. I did that program, but I I didn't wasn't really interested in doing any more. Uh, you know, it, I I knew I was going to go back and play football. Did your wife tell you to stay away from Daisy Duke though? <laughs> no, no. Well, see, what, I did the pilot for the Dukes of Hazzard, so none of that had been aired. So my wife didn't know anything about it. <laughs> So, so she didn't. She didn't. She didn't tell me anything. What took so long for you to get in the Hall of Fame? Uh, probably my one loss with the Falcons, and 
probably, uh, I'd say probably the misinterpretation of the relationship of leaving the Falcons. I think that may have had something to do with it. And, uh, uh, you know, just that we didn't win a lot of games. I wasn't on a winning team. We didn't go to the Super Bowl. It was, uh, you know, you notice that most of the guys that go to the go to the Hall of Fame are guys who played in the Super Bowl three, four times like that. And, and uh, it's there is not to say it, but uh, this seems like they there are some rules and regulations that govern you getting into the uh, Hall of Fame and. Uh, you know, my career just didn't, based on the years that I spent in Atlanta and then the years that I spent in, in Philadelphia, I think that probably had a lot to do with it. And the Philadelphia years may have helped quite more than the years that I spent in Atlanta because we were winning. Yeah, they made you wait. They made Curly Culp wait. They made a lot of great defensive linemen wait. Well... Yeah, I'm, the thing, the good thing about waiting is it makes you more, it, it, it makes it so much better. You know, I don't know what I would have done if I had gone in like Derek and, uh, Walter, um, first year of eligibility and, and all that. I might have, been beside myself, but it gave it got a chance to for me to gain some humility for and respect for the game. So, how hard was it playing in Atlanta and all those losing teams? Did you want to just give up after a while? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I wanted to give up after a while. Um, it was it was tough. It was tough because it didn't seem like it wasn't like the Atlanta Falcons is today on the on the. Arthur Blank, it uh, and, and Thomas Dimitrov, those guys really worked to put a good program on the field. And uh, I don't think that back in the days they did that. They were more they were satisfied that we were filling the stadium every Sunday and. Uh, they, they, rather than the caliber of players that they were putting out on the field. Who's going to uh, be your presenter when you go in the Hall of Fame? My daughter. My daughter. She has, we hadn't, it, it's not set in concrete, but uh, she has first right to refuse it. And so far she has not refused <laughs> So I, I, I'm thinking that it's going to be my, my elder daughter. What was it like when you got that phone call on uh, Saturday? It was it, it was on it was it's a little story that goes along with that. I don't know if you have time for me to tell you. Go ahead. But uh, in the past, when you were a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you had to stay by the phone and wait for the phone call. And uh, they they would tell you, if you don't get the phone call, you didn't make it, you know. And you had to wait to see who did make it on the TV. Well, that was like, an hour, like a couple of hours after. So, 
you know, you you wait all that time for the phone call. The phone call never comes. And then all of a sudden on TV, you see the guys who made it. And your name wasn't up there. Well, this time they did it a little different. They brought in all 17 finalists for the Hall of Fame into New York and put us up in the hotel. And uh, they told us that they would call our room. And uh, so I'm in the room with my daughter, Claudia. And, you know, it's funny. I turned to Claudia after 20 minutes and I said, look like we're in trouble. Then after 25 minutes, I told her, I said, well, you might as well call everybody and, you know, tell them that uh, we didn't make it. And just as I got that out of my mouth, the phone rang, and they said, congratulations, you're a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I just, you know, I, I almost passed out. <laughs> the blood rushed to my head and everything. It was it was amazing. I mean, I hadn't felt that way since a, since I was a first-round draft choice for the Atlanta Falcons. The only thing I feel bad about, though, is that your wife's not going to be there to enjoy it with you. Yeah, yeah. My wife was my wife was my biggest supporter, and uh, of course my biggest PR person. She, uh, for all those years and all those times that I was up for the Hall of Fame, she worked diligently trying to do what she could. We really didn't know what it was that we were that uh, she was supposed to be doing, but she tried to get in touch with the uh, voters and uh, she wrote letters and she had people to write letters and and the whole thing. And she, I mean, she just worked. And then when I didn't make it, we cried together about it. So, you know, not having her to make it now and not have her here to, Enjoy is kind of a bittersweet uh, to do, but you know, life goes on. She and, went up. Uh, she went upstairs and got it done upstairs. Uh, you know what? I I felt her presence. I felt her presence. We we were uh, in in the uh, orientation meeting after the voting, and. Uh, I I was just sitting there and I was thinking about it, and uh, all of a sudden it, I just I just felt good. I felt good, and I know she, I think that she's she's proud of it. The fact that uh, I finally got in. She has more power up there to get it done than down here. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Elliot, I could have talked to Claude all day, thirty-five minutes, and he could have kept going. What a great guy! Yeah, all good stuff too. You're listening to Sports and Torts here on TalkZone.com. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to get to former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Derek Brooks. Stay tuned. 